Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. So I figured we would just hang out here, um, being that we're both in person, take this opportunity to hit record and just see what happens and um, talk about the importance of networking for creative people. You are a creative person, I am a creative person. And I think we have both had experiences where uh, networking has been so beneficial to us and has really been a game changer, honestly. And so I'd love to just talk about some of the experiences we've had um, and encourage other people who may be listening, thinking like, okay, yes, I'm doing the work in my studio or wherever it is that I do it. I'm showing up, I'm putting the time in, I'm building my craft, I'm building my skill, and I'm trying to get that work in front of people. But there's a component in there where you're not doing things solo, where you're not simply trying to go Lone Ranger, but you know that you need to surround yourself with some people who are like-minded. And so I think maybe that's where we start, right? Is just this idea of getting in the room that is with people who can help us um, see that we're not alone in this journey of creating and trying to get things out before people and and either monetize or just tap into our passions. Um, But this whole idea of networking and not the sleazy kind, right? We're talking about this before we hit record of maybe back in 20 years ago, even people would think networking like, oh, this room full of people who are like, you know, politician type people, right? You know, they have their business card in their hand and they're just kind of slapping it into somebody else's hand. Like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Here's my business card. And we're all like, ew, um, step back. You know, and now I feel like I need a shower. Like there's a used car salesman who just tried to assault me. Um, <laughs> my apologies to any used car salesmen, but uh, there's a reason why they've earned that uh, kind of, um, <laughs> I guess, uh, reputation. Anyway, this isn't about used car salesman. This is about uh, networking. So for you, Cabrina, what has 
been your experience with networking? Like, why has it been important to you? Yeah, I think for me, it's been one of those things where there's been lots of opportunities for the put a business card in somebody's hand. Mm -hmm. And not to say that those experiences are necessarily bad, depending on what expectation you're going into it with. And being like, hey, here's my story, here's what I do, and if that fits into your narrative, then fantastic. If it doesn't, then good for you. But I think the most beneficial thing for me has been getting into communities of people. I remember when I first started, it's been almost 10 years now, I was in a mastermind and wasn't really sure what a mastermind or a group program or coaching was. Mm -hmm. And then I started having these people know what I did and what I offered, and they started tagging me in things, specifically on Facebook when Facebook was still a prime spot to get business. And all of a sudden I had a running business and I was making money and I was able to go almost completely full time towards the very beginning because I had people who were looking for things for me and I for them. And it was just, it came so naturally being a connector to tag other people and then the reciprocity of it was I was getting tagged in a lot of other things of, hey, somebody's looking for somebody with email or social media or anything in that marketing vein. Um, it was easy and even tonight, having one of our friends from a mastermind that we're in together tag me in something because it was a good fit for me. Yeah. Because we had that connection, even though there was no preset hey, you're doing this for me and I'm doing this for you. It was mm -hmm. just, you did it out of the kindness of not knowing that it was going to come back, but mm -hmm. just with good faith that people are good people. Yeah, yeah. And there's something to be said about that, right? Like the whole, I think you said, you know, the reciprocity of it, where when you're around the right people and you realize, like, they understand what you do, who you are, and they can recommend you and you can recommend them, um, that's huge because then when somebody it's it's like having somebody with another pair of eyes and ears that are out there in conversations and when something comes up and they're like oh I know somebody let me introduce you to this person I mean we've done that before even for like podcasts and other things too where we're like hey there's somebody that I know that you need to know um, because I think there's there's value in both sides there right there's value in me introducing you Cabrina to somebody that I know who may be in a certain industry and may be looking for a certain type of person that does work that you do. So therefore, I'm showing myself as valuable because I'm, I'm willing to connect you guys um, and saying I vouch for you and I vouch for them. And I'm not going to set up this email introduction if I weren't confident that each one of you would benefit in some way. And sometimes those things don't go anywhere, right? I mean, obviously, you can't always have a perfect match or, or timing of something isn't really lined up. Um, but that networking piece is huge because you're tapping into the relationships, right? Relationships that you have formed over time in whatever way. There's trust involved there. You know, if somebody comes to, like if I do that email introduction, it's different if you were just a cold call email them versus me making the introduction because mm -hmm. they know me. They know the relationship they have with me and they, they know there's a trust there and they know that I'm not going to introduce them to somebody who's like a psycho, right? <laughs> you know, it's, and so there's already this sense of like, okay, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to get to know this person because of who's recommending them. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes a long way. 
it makes me think about um, you know Mike Mike Kim. I'm in his one you know his mastermind and his group, um, and I believe that he's the one who said this. That said you know relationships are like rocket ships, um, and I think that's true because so many times like it's the people that we know that can really help unlock things and bring us to opportunities and make other introductions. Um, and it's all based in relationships, you know? And so I think sometimes breaking something down and not thinking it in terms of like this preset event that I'm going to a quote networking event, you know, we've all been to those kind of things where it's like you show up and you put your name tag on and you have your business cards and you work the room. And most of the time there's maybe industries that really have nothing to do with maybe your industry. And you're kind of feeling like, mm, is this really worth my time? You know, I've spent two hours or whatever it is and tried to mingle among some people that maybe don't quite feel a great fit um but really what we're talking about is harnessing the networks maybe that we already have and just being a good person right um do you have some maybe some some thoughts on that of like either advice or experiences or or something that comes to mind when we talk about this like making this introduction this this matchmaker kind of uh, thing because i think you do this really well too thanks um, I think for me, it's been kind of twofold, both on the being in communities where you can have those networking opportunities that aren't quote unquote networking, but then going to networking opportunities and not expecting to meet the biggest person in the room. Mm. I think that's the, mo the biggest mistake that most of us make, especially when we're first starting is I need to know that one person. I need to figure out who the big people are. And I mean, we've talked about this even in other conversations of we're looking for the biggest person to be introduced to because we're looking for our big break, like we're walking on Broadway. Mm. And really it's the little people along the way because it even with podcasts, when you're getting onto podcasts as a speaker, I always train people to get onto small podcasts. First, one, because it's good practice. Two, because you have no idea how fast that person's gonna grow. And I've had people on my podcast and watched other podcasts that I've been on all of a sudden blow up and you're like, oh, hey, that worked out for me because I was paying attention to people that were on the way up with me mm -hmm. versus people who were already, had already quote unquote made it. Yes. And I mean, I went to a networking, networking, hand out the business cards, have a couple drinks scenario a couple months ago and ended up meeting somebody who has become a really good friend who I've introduced to a lot of other people within my community even though it hasn't necessarily been something that has been right necessarily, hey, this is something beneficial to me, I've made money off of, whatever you're gauging that off of, but it's been super beneficial to him and the people that I've introduced him to. So sometimes it's just creating that Rolodex of humans mm -hmm. that you can easily say, hey, I know somebody who does that because eventually it could come back or it could be something that is beneficial to me or beneficial to somebody that I hold in high esteem or is a good friend of mine. And you know, that whole idea of we take each other up with us. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have to be in a certain place where you're not feeling threatened by people, but you're willing to see other people having, um, either assets or qualities or contributions that they can make that either complement what you do or even if it seems to be in competition with to to be approaching where it's like community over competition you know mm -hmm. there's enough for everyone 
instead of thinking, well, I have to just protect mine, and therefore I can't make this introduction, or I can't, um, you know, some people feel like they can't even get into conversation with people who do the same thing that they do, because they feel like either there's going to be some kind of trade secret shared or some other thing where somebody's going to try to press them for information and go after clients or like whatever that kind of business is. But I think there's there's something to be said for even having a network of people who do the same things you do because mm -hmm. A, if you happen to get overrun with certain type of work or maybe you don't wanna do a certain type of work uh, or projects, you don't have the capacity to do it, to be able to, again, refer somebody to somebody that you would trust and say, hey, I can't do this particular project, but I think this person would be great to handle it. Um, again, that goes and speaks volumes to both parties to say, here's somebody who I've seen their work and I trust their, their quality, and here's somebody who has a need that I can't fulfill right now, but I'm willing to pass it off onto somebody who will treat you right and do the, the project correctly. Um, whereas if you didn't have that Rolodex of people, right? You didn't have that, those connections. You didn't t take time to get to know those people. You might be left to go, either I have to feel like I need to take this project myself because I don't want to mess up the relationship and maybe mm -hmm. you don't do a great job because you don't have the capacity or you have to turn it down and you leave that person kind of floundering to say, sorry, but I don't really have a recommendation for you. Um, and I think those are just not great places to be, you mm -hmm. know? So even people within your same industry or doing the same thing that you do, it's important that you harness those relationships and build those as well. Um, and you can also learn and grow from each other. I mean, again, if you, I think if people remember that they're people and you meet on that level and to say, you know, how can we bring value to each other and not allow for that kind of underhanded and you know mm -hmm. sneaky kind of you know most people can sense that coming and i think if you guard yourself against those type of relationships where you see that that's what's happening early on you can certainly back yourself up and go you know what i want to surround myself with the people who um value the same things i do and have mm -hmm. and want to have the same type of relationships that i do and then you can you know then everybody wins i think you know mm -hmm. Well, and I've seen it on both sides in my business early on. It was the first summit that I had put together and it was th that idea of, hey, I'm just gonna let anybody who is willing to be in this summit, because it was the start of the pandemic, into this. And so I ended up having somebody on there who also did email marketing. And I think with these kind of relationships, you really have to trust your gut and your intuition of, is this a good thing? And I wasn't mature enough in myself of trusting myself to know, is this competition and me just feeling threatened or is this not a good idea? And it ended up not being a good idea. Uh, this particular lady came in and ended up doing a lot of damage to my base of clients, but it was a learning experience of, hey, this is a bad experience and it shut me down from working with anybody who was in the same field for quite some time. But then within the last two years, I've also had in inputs from like copywriters who they do the same things as me, they write the same kind of copy, they have the same similar style. And it's been great to be able to say, hey, I know somebody who 
can easily take this over as I've stepped out of that. Mm-hmm. So it can be a catch 22 where you do get screwed over, but I think it's really focusing on who are the people that I actually want to be around. Mm-hmm. And that's why with my podcast, I only ask people to be on that are my friend. I don't do calls for podcasts. I reach out to people specifically. I've seen your content. I've seen what you do because I want to curate a community of humans Mm -hmm. that even if it was only the people that were on the podcast that ever listened to it, I'm building a community of people that I know would get along with each other, would support each other, would be in that same vein of wanting to be creators together Mm -hmm. versus creating a bunch of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that you brought up about podcasts because, you know, for me, that is certainly an avenue for networking. Um, I know that may sound a little odd for someone who may be not thinking in those terms because they're like, okay, well, I listen to podcasts and I find the stories or the experiences, the conversations interesting. Um, But for somebody who hosts the show, you know, myself, I like to use the podcast as a networking tool because I'm getting access to people that maybe I wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, maybe there's something about their story or about their work that I really admire or want to, I'm curious about, right? And so being able to offer them a spot to have a conversation and not just a private conversation one-on-one, but to say, hey, let's use the podcast platform so that we can share it out to everyone else who wants to listen in on this and be a part of this conversation. Um, I think that's a valuable thing to have. And that certainly has helped me um, build certain relationships with people. Um, Now, of course, you can't have that level with everyone that comes on a podcast. There have certainly been guests in the past who I've had great conversations with, but it's pretty much been one conversation and then that's it, Um, or at least to this point. Um, I always try to look for follow-up opportunities to look how else can we partner together on something. Um, and even if sometimes that's a follow-up podcast type of episode or something else outside of that realm to say, hey, what's happening with that project we talked about or the work that you're doing you know, back a year or two years ago on the podcast, you know, how has that morphed or changed or is there any intersection where we can do something together in some other way? Um, but I think it, at least it, it makes an introduction, right? It gets you in front of somebody and it gets you curious. It gets you talking about some things, which again, it's, it's all about relationship, right? Um, and so I've seen that be a huge tool for me in networking. Um, and we've talked about the whole, obviously, a typical what's even called a business networking meeting where you're going specifically for meeting other people and doing the whole business card exchange and all that kind of stuff. Um, But aside from like those kind of things for you personally, like what has been something that has been really valuable to you when you think about networking? Like what does that look like for you? I try not to think about it as what am I getting out of this? Mm -hmm. And I come in with what can I give in it? which I know we hear a lot of, and it's kind of become very cliche of, you know, give more and do all these free things. And I just tell people what I would tell them if they were asking me and they were my friend, Mm -hmm. because it's easier and it makes it to where it doesn't feel as awkward. Even when I go to big networking events, it's, hey, you're having a problem with this, or you're not getting enough engagement on this social thing, or you mentioned this, here's this software that works for that. 
It's just stuff that I would normally tell people that I don't really think about or I don't necessarily make content about or something that it's like those weird things that you know that you're like, how could I get paid for this? But they're great little tidbits to pass on to people to give them something that's, oh, this person helped me. And if there's reciprocity, they're great. If there's not, then maybe it gives you a different way to say something or it teaches you something that you're like, oh, hey, this resonated with people. That's how I originally first started with my messaging is I would go on podcasts and just use the feedback that I was getting from that one person to be like, oh, if they said, oh, I've never heard it said that way or, oh, that's a great idea. I've never heard that before. I'd put a little note in my brain and go, oh, that's the thing that I'm getting out of this, even if no business ever came out of this. One of my biggest clients for the longest time came from just talking to somebody at a conference because I happened to bring my kid and was pushing a stroller and they wanted to play with my baby. <laughs> Had yeah. nothing to do with how much I knew and then we started chatting and you get to know somebody and they're like, oh, hey, we should work together. Mm-hmm. And it just, it can happen in such a organic way that it doesn't have to be like all of this marketing and networking and all this, we're trying to make it be like a dating app where you get on, you swipe left, you swipe right, you figure out who's this person and you research these people and you look at all these pictures and you're trying to figure out who the right person is when really it's just, hey, I bumped into somebody and we hit it off and we went to coffee and we realized that, oh, this was great. And those are the stories that you want to read. You don't want to read that somebody found somebody on a website because Yelp said that they were good. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's ask this though. If somebody's listening they're like, okay, well, I hear you, Cabrina. Yes, let it be natural. Let it be a kind of thing that, that would be more relational. But if somebody's struggling because they're more introverted, right? And they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, being put in a situation where I'm in a room and I have to kind of like be among the crowd, like that doesn't feel good to me either. But I'm not going to just naturally go and find somebody to network with if I just happen to go to Starbucks or wherever. Like, so are there places or are there um, certain avenues that people can explore to help with networking in terms of their creativity and them going, okay, I need to be out among people. Where do I go? What do I do? I think that's where you utilize the networking places that are already there. Such as? Meetup.com is great. Find something that is a free, we have one in Denver called AB&G and it's a business networking group is what it stands for, super original. (laughs) But just looking up networking groups and going and being like, hey, I'm gonna go have lunch at this place, I'm gonna go have coffee at this place, I'm just going to, with whatever capacity you have for the energy that you have to give for that, be like, hey, I'm gonna go once a week. I'm gonna go once a month mm-hmm. and find those certain places. I love volunteering for things because if I volunteer for things, the stuff that I already like, mm-hmm. somehow you tend to meet other people who do the same things or they'll talk to you about somebody who they know who does something and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm doing something that I already would wanna do and I've met somebody who's beneficial to me in X, Y, and Z way. And I can't tell you how many times that I've been at random events, just volunteering, doing silly stuff. And 
ended up meeting somebody, handing out a card. I just, I always keep my cards on me, even though everybody's like, oh, everything's digital. Because it's something that somebody can walk away with. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities with social media to just put yourself out there into the right places. And I think that speaking is going to be really the best way because you get to curate how often you're doing that, where you're doing that, what kind of energy you're putting out there. So it's not like it has to be, hey, I'm an extrovert and I just showed up at a coffee shop and I happened to meet everybody and talk about all these things while other people were listening. It's, hey, I went to a coffee shop and I decided to sit in a certain spot and somebody asked me a question or asked if they could use the chair next to me mm -hmm. and they happened to be doing something that was of interest. Yeah. Being open, being curious, being engaged as you're out among people. I think you brought up a great point too about like following your interests of some things because that made me think about I've even attended or been a part of certain arts organizations locally and you know whether they have meetings once a month and making the effort to go out and meet these people and there's one in particular I'm thinking about and it's a you know group of artists and we're all doing different types of art um, but yet we're all engaged in this process mm -hmm. this creative process and to be able to come together and they're talking about things of how can we get our art and creativity out in the local neighborhoods and engage with businesses that are there um, getting artwork that's hung in certain businesses or having certain shows and things out amongst the community being able to give back to the community those kind of things so there may be things that are already in existence where people live and they just need to research a little bit more to say hey here's something that i'm really interested in if you're if you happen to be a visual artist and you're into drawing or painting or, or what have you there may be these organizations that you can link arms with and that's where you start to network that's where you start to build some relationships with people who are doing some of the same things have some common interests um, and then hopefully if there's overlap even into how can we serve the community at large then everybody wins because then the the creative people get to do what they want to do they get to serve the community the community gets the benefit of seeing the arts even more so and valuing that and then that sends a message to say that the arts are valuable. We all need this um, and it's helping, whether it's you know beautification of a certain location or just bringing conversation around certain things. And so being able to be a part of that is huge, right? Um, then I think also about like, you know, there may be other things like you said, like meetup or things. I've been on certain sites where, you know, it's the same thing, it's, it's finding a, um, it's finding something of interest and it may not always be here's my creative expression or here's the thing that i'm creating and a direct link to it but it could be something like for you you know you talk about trains a lot you love your interest in trains and volunteering at, at different places that you know have to do with educating and so while that doesn't have a direct correlation to what you do that's certainly something of interest and it allows you to have those conversations and mm -hmm. find those people who value some of the same things so putting yourself in a place where where are the people hanging out that i want to hang out with mm -hmm. right um i think of a past guest that i had on the show um guy stanley Faloche. he talked about how when he was starting in his art he was thinking to himself okay i'm doing these paintings and I want to be able to sell these paintings at a certain price point. And where 
is the clientele hanging out that I need to reach? And so he would put himself in these situations where he would go to these parties and these exclusive events. And he would also go to gala events where he would do donations of his artwork and be in a place where the people that he wanted to reach were hanging out. Um, I've heard the same thing happen where people say, even on line spaces, right? Facebook groups and things like that, where are the people hanging out that you want to try to reach and connect and network with? Um, get yourself in the room where the right people are. And so sometimes it's being open where you are, but sometimes it's also being strategic about where you need to be or want mm -hmm. to be, right? Um, so uh, do you have any thoughts on, on that aspect of things of like where people might be and how to get into those spaces or what that's looked like for you? I mean, the key in what you said is getting in the room. Yes. We rely so much on being able to just post something to a social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and that it'll just magically find the right people mm -hmm. when we haven't actually curated who those right people are. It's like trying to sell something like it's like trying to sell coffee in the middle of a toy store. It just doesn't work because it's not the right people. So, I mean, as far as it comes with like the train thing, I've met tons of people that have needed marketing help that were from the train station in some capacity because they were there because they do one thing or another. But being able to find those places really comes down to one asking what you want to do mm -hmm. and what you enjoy doing and then saying, okay, maybe I'm an author. I like to hang out at Panera. Panera has an extra little room that they don't charge for. I'm going to create an event on uh, Eventbrite and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to invite everybody that I know. Use your social media connections. Use the places that you've been, the people that you know, and get a bunch of people locally to come. And that's a great way to do it. I mean, I've done that at bakeries and other different places that I know that entrepreneurs hang out. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you want to do a book signing, for example, that's a great way to do it. Or do a little workshop where people can... I love it when people can walk away with something. When I used to teach at the library, one of the things that I loved to do was create flashcards or little finger puppets and things like that that people could walk away with so that when they looked at that, when they used that, when they utilized that tool for when I was teaching sign language, it was easy for them to be like, oh, that's the person I need to go to because they already trusted me and they had something that they were taking with them that was from me. Mm -hmm. So they got to have that little present. And there's something to be said about the physicalness of it, even though it's, we live in this digital world and we're doing all these things, if you can just get a smattering, a handful of people that are there locally, it can accelerate things a lot faster because they might know somebody and you never know who somebody knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that, that I was thinking about in terms of this conversation was, you know, sometimes you can use networking in, in a way that is unconventional. And what I mean by that is like, for me, a lot of times people ask me about live event sketching, right? And they're curious about that because they're like, well, it's so, it's unique and it's something that's fun. And if they've seen me do it live or, or you know, there's some experience that they've had, they, they want to know more. And so 
through talking about where this came from and, and really how it developed over time, it started with me going to an event and feeling like, okay, I'm not feeling very extroverted today. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm carrying my iPad with me and I'm going to draw because it's kind of like that, you know, holding a drink at a party kind of thing where you're like, I need something to do with my hands. I need something, you know. So here I am and I'm drawing just because and it was of interest to me. But what happened was it was funny. Quickly, people started to take notice of what I was doing and then they started asking me about it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I noticed I'm doing something because I wanted to and because I was capturing what was happening around me. But that as people saw that, it opened up conversation and that conversation became networking, right? Oh, do you do this? Are you an artist? Are you, you know, do you do this for a living, et cetera, et cetera. And then even beyond that, as I started to realize, okay, okay, this is actually a service that I can offer to people and go to events and go to conferences and live sketch their event. And I'm capturing the people who are on stage and all of a sudden they're coming off stage and they're like, whoa, you just in 20 minutes time when I was on stage captured me and a quote and posted it on social media. Like, wow, that's amazing. It was a networking tool because they're somebody who was on stage and maybe, you know, obviously whenever somebody's on stage, there's always this sense of like they have authority, right? Because they've been given the microphone. And so um, with that comes a certain amount of people wanting to be associated with them and attracted to them and to listen to them. And so they share it out on their social networks or they share it when they go to another conference. Hey, I was just at this conference and this guy was sketching me in real time and, you know, did this really cool thing and check this out. Um, and so that became a piece of, because I was willing to, to be there in that moment, storytell, capture, see them, hear them, make them feel, you know, that was one of the, the best things that a speaker ever said to me when they came off stage was, you made me feel seen and heard as I was on stage, because when I came off, that's the first thing I saw was your sketch of me. Like, what a gift. And that brought value, right, as we were talking about before. And so it was really interesting to be able to see this in light of not just a service and not just, <coughs> you know, not just something that was like, oh, here's something I just do, but really as something that it truly is a networking thing, too, because it's connecting me with people and it's letting people see what I do and how I do it and then go them going oh wow this is amazing like how else can we work together what else can we do with this and so the more I realized that I can lean into that the more relationships that's opened up and I mean the amount of people that I've met through conferences and through events it has been tremendous and some of those people have gone on to be people who have been on the podcast because that was the introduction and as opposed to me just being some random guy sitting in the audience at a conference, it gave me the ability to be unique in that situation and memorable. And that was the key for me to be able to say, oh, here's a networking piece that has tremendous value for me, a tremendous power. And I'm doing it in a way that is true to who I am and my gifts and my abilities and my ability to serve. And so I'm not just doing it kind of as a, well, you know, I want to use this and use the people and use the situation, you know, but it's really just a natural extension of things. And so I would encourage people to think about how can they take maybe something that they're already doing and use it 
in that way of serving people in a context so that it opens up conversation, so that makes people feel seen and heard. And so that obviously might look different. It's not going to necessarily look like going to a conference and live sketching somebody. But if they have a certain creative expression or ability or talent that they might be able to lean into, it could open up opportunity for them even to network and then to even have further opportunity to collaborate, to, to partner, to work together with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, came from just something that was natural. Just like, as you said, you know, your interest for trains, you know, that's something natural for you that puts you in situations where you're in the right place with the right people. And then those conversations and relationships develop. So sometimes I think it's like, you know, I hate to use the term think out of the box, but really think creatively in how we show up to network, not just simply like, well, I know it's something I need to do, but I don't really know how to do this or what to do, what this should look like, right? Or thinking about it as how can I take something that I'm already doing? Mm -hmm. And it's called the rule of threes, is I'm using something, I'm doing this one thing, and maybe you're posting it on social media, or maybe you're using it as a service. How are, what, what are other two ways that I could start using this that makes it to where I can put it out into the world a little bit more? So, example, podcast. You can do it as a video. You can put it out as the audio. You can put it out as a social post. You can take the copy and use it as a blog post. So you've got a lot of different options there. But trying to take everything that you do and put it in the rule of threes. But then the second question that you ask yourself is, how do I connect this to people? Mm-hmm. Because we can put stuff out into the world that doesn't necessarily connect anybody. And that's the beautiful thing about what you do is you draw, but then you're able to tag them, which gives them content that they can use. Then they can, we've seen some of our friends that you've done Mm -hmm. it for, use it as social posts for themselves and then put it on their website. It becomes something where you start to be everywhere all of a sudden because you've helped somebody else get everywhere themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how are we helping other people spread themselves? And it looks different for everybody, because I know, obviously, I'm not an artist. I don't create anything that's necessarily people-oriented, but I can connect people, and I can, like when I'm at events, I'll write notes, and sometimes I will go and actually give them to the speaker so that that way they can see what I took out of it because I help people with their messaging. Mm -hmm. So if people can see what people are getting out of what they're saying, it makes it easier for them to come back to me as somebody who would be somebody trusted to help them with that or somebody who they would suggest towards me who needs that. Mm -hmm. And thinking about different ways to to not come across salesy with it. Because I think as creators, we just tend to be like, selling is bad. Marketing is bad. I just want to do what I want to do. And I feel the same way. I do marketing and I just, I don't want to market myself or sell. (laughs) I'd rather just build systems and be nerdy and research and write and do things that are of interest to me, but I can't help anybody unless I'm marketing myself Mm -hmm. and putting myself out there and figuring out how I can serve people in a way that gets me paid because I have to eat Mm -hmm. and have a roof over my head, but then also helps them build their business, become full-time creators, do all the things that were like, hey, have this mission, have this vision, blah-dee-dee, blah-dee-dee, blah. And 
thinking about it is yes, you have to get paid. You have to sell, you have to network, you have to ask for money. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. You still have to help people or you will come across salesy. I mean, we were just talking about this with the Hey Girl, Hey DMs. <laughs> yeah. Just before we recorded this, both of us had somebody slide into our DMs and uh, give one of those pitches where you're just like, you know that their friend requested you and then immediately hit you up in DMs with their offer or whatever that you're not looking for at all. And it just is like, oh, please. You know, the eye roll is happening hard here. <laughs> I apologize for my bold request. <laughs> yes. We're already apologizing. We have problems. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we fear we don't want to come off like that. And I think, you know, we're not even close to being like that unless we're t using those tactics, mm -hmm. which we're not endorsing at all. Um, you know, if that's something that you want to do, that's, that's, well, that's on you. But um, I think most people don't like that or appreciate that kind of just uh, sliding into the DMs. It's very inauthentic. You know, we're talking about value. We're talking about conversation. We're talking about relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, it's obvious that someone is interested in those circumstances more in a sale or in pushing an offer than they are in actually establishing a connection. And I think that's really what's underneath all the stuff, whether it's attending a networking event that's called networking event or meet up a group or going to a conference or an event um, or it's a coffee shop visit any of that stuff it's really just relationship underneath it all and figuring out how can i show up be curious be authentic and offer the skills and talents that i have and see where that overlaps where there's a need for the people around me where Maybe there's even something that I can't do myself because it's outside my skill set. How can I be an asset in being a matchmaker, a connection uh, for somebody else? And so, um, again, I think you do that exceptionally well, uh, Cabrina. I think you are always looking for ways to connect people. And even throughout our normal course of conversation throughout a week or something where you might be like, hey... Um, I just thought of this person that, you know, came to mind that I think would be great for your podcast, or I want to make this, this email introduction because they're looking for something that, that you might be able to help them with, um, or pay attention to what this person's doing, because I think there's something really of, of value here. Um, those things, even on a regular basis can be huge because we're expanding our scope of who's out there and what they're doing and where we might be able to help and connect with other people. Um, so, you know, I think that's awesome. And one of the reasons even that's able to happen is because you and I are both in a mastermind together and because we're both part of this community, you know, we've talked about before on the podcast, the thing, you know, Terry Weaver has been on the podcast and I've talked about the thing events, you know, um, every so often, and that's been someplace that I've been uh, fortunate to, to come into the community and be a part of and continue to be a part of. And we're in this community where we're talking about these things and we're in each other's lives and recommending things to each other. And like you said before, there's even another person who's in our pod, uh, in our um, membership and that person recommended you for an opportunity and said, hey, here's something that came across my path and I think you'd be great for this. So those things 
are happening because we're 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 in each other's lives because we're thinking about what we do and who might be able to connect to what we do and um again that extra pair of eyes and ears and and being an advocate for each other i think it's huge um but the only way that happens is if we show up in the first place for that and we step out and we take a chance on something right like that's not going to happen if i had stayed in my studio and was just working on my craft and that's it i had to say wow i'm gonna actually step out and be a part of a group that's a mastermind i'm gonna it's a paid thing it's a week you know it's not uh it's a bi-weekly thing so it's time commitment but it's it's investing in relationships it's investing in conversations to say what are we working on how are we what how can we help each other grow and and experience those things you know and having that core group of people yeah because i think the networking can be very overwhelming Mm-hmm. because you're like, I need to be in front of everybody and I need to get myself out there and how do I collect more eyeballs and what do I need to do to get in front of the right people that are going to buy my stuff? Yeah. And really it's getting a core group of people who aren't going to buy your stuff, mm-hmm. who you might do work for for free because they're your friends, mm-hmm. because they're those extra eyeballs that are looking for stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of viewing it as like, I need to get into this mastermind so that everybody in this mastermind buys the thing that I do. It's a very expensive way to get clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. And letting that kind of do the talking for you and then strategically finding ways, whether that is getting on podcasts, going to events, a smattering of several different things, depending on what you like to do Mm -hmm. and what you're comfortable doing and what you have the funds to do. Because like you and I, we love to go to events. We'd go to every event if we could. (laughs) Yes. But it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. It's not monetarily accessible mm-hmm. for us to go to every event or for some people to go to any event. I remember when I first started, I saved for forever to go to an event. Yeah. And I went to my first event because I happened to be contracted with the company I went to the event with. Mm-hmm. So I purposefully put myself in those positions so that I already had access. And it gave me more access to other things. Yeah. And so strategically thinking of how can I, like you were saying, think outside of the box, how can I come at this from a different angle? What would it take to, you know, take the back road to this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's starting where you're at, too, and realizing, like, okay, if you have limited resources, limited funds, um, is there an event that's close to you that you can go to that you don't have to worry about certain travel expenses? Um, or... If there is something that you need to travel to, do you know somebody who lives there that you can crash on their couch, you know, or, um, I mean, one of the, the first events that I went to, it was one of those things where, yeah, I'm, I'm going and I don't really know how I'm going to be able to get to there. Um, I was talking about it with a friend and he offered to pay for the, the conference, um, fee to go to the event and someone else volunteered for me to stay at their house. And, you know, someone else helped me with a little bit of the, the plane fare that that I needed. Um, cause at that point I was at a place where I was, I didn't have the available funds and I really wanted to go to this because I felt like this was going to be a life changing event for me for some reason, even though I didn't know why. Um, I felt like I needed to get out and be among people who could understand what it is that I do as a creative person. Um, and enough of what was surrounding this event and talked about seemed like this was the place to be. And honestly, I got there and then that was the event at which it unlocked that whole piece for me of, 
here's what events sketching can look like and this can actually be a service so that was the the moment for me where that got unlocked and then also several key relationships that um i ended up continuing to pour into you know that was the jeff goins event um and i'm continue to be in in you know i'm friends with jeff and uh, we did a project not too long ago he's been on the podcast and got to hang out with him last time i was in nashville and when he was up in new york we hung out and um i say that because those moments sometimes you don't know that those are the moments um, and yet that conference was the one that then also introduced me to Terry Weaver and the Thing community and several other people who I've gone on to either do other projects with somehow or had on the podcast or has led to other communities that I've you know been a part of in some way or, or shape. Um, and so the point is, I think you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You don't wait for someone to come find you. You don't wait and just stay in your little creative cave but you, you put yourself out there and whatever that next right step is, that's what you do, I think. So whether that's a local event, whether that's an event that you travel to, whether it's a, a business networking event, whether it's the coffee shop, whether it's joining a mastermind, um, whatever that looks like for you, it's it will probably require sacrifice in some way, um, whether that's monetarily, time-wise, um, being you know, challenging your comfortability level. Um, there's going to be some kind of give that you're going to have to have in the process, but what you will get in return will be amazing because there'll be people who you'll be able to connect with. And not every event's going to be like a home run, you know? Um, but I think showing up for that, um, that's why I'm excited. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about this, about, you know, how I'm starting a mastermind and how I want to be able to offer that for other people to say, here's an opportunity for you to get together in community on a regular basis for us to come together to talk about the things we're working on and to build that relationship and where everyone who's in that group knows other people. And there may be different creative expressions or different talents in that group, but somebody might be able to recommend somebody else or somebody may have a missing piece of information or a next step or a certain skill set that somebody else needs. And so the more we surround ourselves with those people, the better off we'll be because we'll be in this give and take relationship with people. Um, and we can all make each other rise together. You know, that's one of the, the things I love about our community and our, our masterminds. So, um, any, any final thoughts on like maybe the masterminds idea for you or, or just what, what's come out of it to really be helpful? As far as the mastermind, I decided early on after I did my first, I took a break from being a mastermind because I was like, I've gotten everything that I can get out of this. I understand I'm running a business. I'm helping other people start their businesses and all of those things. Like I knew the ins and the outs of how the machine worked and how it went together. But then after being on a break from a mastermind, I realized that I needed the people. One is accountability two as just people that understood what I was going through because Mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, being a creator is a lonely place to be. And so having those people in your back pocket to be like, today sucks and I'm not exactly sure what to do or all of my clients have fallen through or somebody said they were going to buy X, Y, and Z and then they decided at the last minute they're not going to. And having that ability to call somebody Mm -hmm. 
and have that lifeline is amazing. Because, I mean, it really is like who wants to be a millionaire? You get your, your lifeline, and that's the mastermind. That's the people that you're in community with that are there when everything falls apart. Or when everything is going really well, and you're like, hey, let me help you because I'm in a spot where I can help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, and I'm, I'm a part of two, two masterminds. Um, and they both serve different functions and have different community aspects to them. But they're hugely important to me. And um, I think it's been, game, it's been a game changer for sure to be able to be in that kind of environment. Because it's a smaller um, community of people than if you were to just go to a conference or some kind of event. Um, I think it's good to have both. I think it's good to have a, a multitude of experiences when it comes to networking and building relationships. Um, but certainly that smaller, more personalized contextualization is huge to be able to, you know, reach out and make a call or to hang out or, you know, shoot an email to somebody and be like, hey, here's what I'm working on or hey, can you help me with this or I just need some encouragement in what I'm doing, what I'm trying to create um, definitely is huge because we can't go it alone. You know, it doesn't work. Yeah. Doesn't well, work. and it makes it easier for getting other things done that other people have already done. Mm-hmm. Like if I write an email pitching somebody and you need the same thing, it makes it easy for me to just send it over to you. Or if I'm like, hey, can you read this email for me so you can tell me if I'm saying the right things in the right way? Or what about this website copy? Or how does this image look? You get that benefit of having somebody who has that expertise Mm -hmm. without having to pay for all of it all the time, too. Right. And it's kind of like almost like having a coworker who would be your peer to be able to help you with certain things. Because as creative entrepreneurs, we're we're it a lot of times. Maybe we have some kind of VA, you know, virtual assistant type thing or a couple of the people we may collaborate with on certain types of projects. But... For the most part, we're we're it, and to have somebody else as a sounding board or to get some advice, um, another pair of eyes or, or something is is huge. It's so so valuable. So um, I want to just end real quick. Just and this isn't the point of this wasn't to plug the mastermind that I'm going to start, but in case someone is interested, if you're interested in joining a mastermind that I may, I'm going to be leading or even one-on-one coaching, you can go to my website, mikebrennan.me, and there's links there for you to find out some more information, or you can certainly just drop me a message, and I'm more than happy to talk to you about that. But more importantly, I think it's this idea of whatever your next step is, just take that. And if it's going to the coffee shop, if it's going to a conference or a live event, if it's going to a virtual event, if it's joining a mastermind, whatever that next step is, please take it. Because it's been so valuable. Both of us, we we attest to that. Um, it's game changing to be in that type of environment. And you can't excel. You can't grow. You will not advance if you try to just do it alone. So... With that, I want to encourage you, go take your next right step and go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.